You may be pronouncing it right, but I guarantee you I'm spelling it wrong. How's PS2 sex? Like, how, what's the quality on that? Do I need to see Gestapo's first orgy so I know what's going on in this one? Dudes in robes, who gives a shit? Dun, 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 dun. Go! Come on! Let's get on with the nipple piercings, feeling stuff is for the birds. Big, giant, crazy eyes. And... <laughs> but, um... Um... Ah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so now that I'm done with the Harry Potter books... Uh, the audiobooks. Now I'm finally back into catching up with all the podcasts, and and it's funny. Like I go through my different, the different podcasts that I listen to. Hysteria continues, and uh, film spotting, and then I, I like some Disney and Universal uh, Orlando podcasts. I actually I love them. I something about those uh, are almost therapeutic for me as far as taking me out of the real world. And let's talk Disney and Universal, whatever. But it's funny. Like I. Not to brag about our show, but I'm like, ah, let's see what these two bozos are up to. And so I listened to a, you know, couple episodes back because I'm not caught up right now. And I'm like, ah, we're funny sometimes. <laughs> well, did you listen to that last episode? Because we're morons sometimes too. <laughs> uh, that, I'm, I'm just ready for that one. I'm wrapping up, uh, the one about the, uh, the one with, uh, the, uh, Tilda Swinton roulette. <laughs> yes. Uh, evolution. Funny. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're right now breaking down uh, Oliver Stone stuff, and I'm like, all right. That's, <laughs> pretty that's good, us. pretty good. Yeah, yeah. not bad. <laughs> we're, we are entertained by ourselves. Otherwise, we are. Yes. We wouldn't do this, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I was I was just watching a video about, have you ever heard of D-Theater or D-V-H-S? D-V-H-S sounds familiar. Is that an old format that... It was... Uh, it was an HD format before Blu-ray and uh, HD DVD. The DVD had already existed, but this was the first one they had that was high def, and it didn't last long, obviously. But it was fascinating. I've never heard about it before, but the, uh, they could fit 50 gigs on these special tapes, and you had a special VHS player, and it was like 1080i. No kidding. Wow, that's cool. It's pretty interesting. There's a couple of videos on... Yeah, uh, YouTube, you should check them out because they're really cool looking. I'm gonna have to keep my eyes peeled for that. <laughs> um, no way, that's something that you probably are. It, it's probably not easy to find, and I'm guessing that the content on that format is not not large. Yeah, uh, the last one they made was iRobot, so that's about the time frame. It's like 2002 or something. Wow, huh? But yeah, that's cool. Pretty interesting. I am glad to see that that uh, the Blu-ray has now lasted over ten years. Oh well, Mia was first introduced to the public in what two thousand seven, as soon as PS three came out. Mm-hmm. But and that's still alive and kicking. Yep. Uh, and I yeah took the I had to take my son to get a physical for preschool, and then I was like, as a let's go to the Goodwill and look for some tapes. And he runs over because he wants to find his baby little Einstein thing, whatever. And he found three of them, which is amazing, because I don't like buying them the DVDs, because they destroy them. But uh, I found a few for myself, including this one. I wonder if this is anything to you. Uh, Image of the Beast. Um, Oh, I've seen that cover. I know I've seen that cover. 
This is the third film in the, I'm reading off the back, in the highly acclaimed prophecy film series. Image of the Beast depicts the awesome story of the mid-years of the Great Tribulation foretold in biblical prophecy. The Antichrist establishes a one-world government while a small band of fugitives struggles to survive amid spectacular and terrifying judgments. And then it says at the bottom, watch the fourth film, The Prodigal Planet. Anyway, I don't know why I'm, I've seen this before. I don't, I don't know if I've seen the movie, but I know this cover as well. And this thing is sealed, by the way. Oh, cool. And now it's like, oh, I want to, I know it's going to be cheesy, but I want to, I kind of want to watch this series. It's from, uh, 1981, so that's, that's old school there. Yeah. Uh, Still sealed. I'm guessing that's like a a legit, like a Christian-made movie. Yes, it is. It's from Mark's Four Pictures. Third and best known entry in the Mark Four series of fundamentalist apocalypse films. (laughs) Fundamentalist Christian guerrilla David helps... uh, (laughs) I know, but... uh, uh, Well, here, and look at the back. Uh. Oh, Wow. (laughs) I, I would have bought that too, though. That's just, I might even watch it sometime, depending on what your review is. Like, it's on Amazon Prime. It is. Yeah, that and the like part four. I'm not sure about the first two. Because I'd li- I kind of like to keep it sealed. It's pretty cool that it's sealed. So, and I found a couple of a couple of anime and some old stuff. I, I did pretty good today. Got like six movies. Not bad. Not bad. And thanks for the poster and T-shirt, by the way. Hmm. I did not forget. I just was waiting to publicly thank you. Oh, yeah, sure. You were actually supposed to keep that box, too, by the way. Oh, I I didn't know that. You didn't have the box, but... Okay. Well, next time. Oh, I threw it away. It's gone. Well, so much for that. (laughs) Thanks. When you move, it's like you just... You want to consolidate, and so I'm like, anything that is not essential, like, you know... You don't have to tell me. Every time that I've moved, I throw half my shit away. I just... Nope, the hell with it. In the dumpster. Yep. So I'm like, yeah, and that actually, the, the Turbo Kid stuff, that was actually stuff that I had wanted to give you previously. It wasn't like, ah, oh, I don't want this shit anymore. I'm just going to hand it off to you. I actually was planning on giving that stuff to you anyway. So oh. there you go. All right. Well, into the trash with you then, bitch. Yep. Now one of us has to watch The Lodgers at some point because we each have the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> well, I will when it comes to Netflix. Uh, hopefully it will. Uh, is there anything else? Nope. That's it. How's it going, man? Um, good. We, uh, we've got a garage sale coming up on Thursday morning. So it's been, I mean, this podcast almost did not happen today. We were busy pricing stuff and whenever we are busy doing something, it's summer. So the kids are with us. The kids just get off, off track. Like it's not, this isn't normal. This is not normal procedure. So we are going to be just little bastards. (laughs) So it's just been one of those days and... Like, oh, and then we've got company tonight, but I'm like, no, you know what? I need to have a breather and clear my mind and bullshit movies. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, by the time this podcast is up, the the garage sale will be done. But you are cordially invited Thursday morning if you want to stop in at the old property. Oh, at the old place? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. So. Stop by and buy some of your garbage. <laughs> yeah, I can promise you one thing. There is no movies there at all. Oh, not, I, not I, one. I would have assumed I, I would have gotten first shot at any mm-hmm. in b- before they went out anyway. Uh, quick, easy pricing tip for garage sale stuff. Uh, have a table. Have multiple tables, obviously, but just put a sign on the table that says everything on this table is a buck. 
Oh, we, I, we did that with some yeah. boxes. We just, like, everything in here is this price. Yeah, I hate. Or another good thing, too, is um, make offer. Those are always good. Because I, I've found that you get more money that way than actually sitting down and pricing the stuff. What hmm. you want out of it. Eh. So. Well, and we've got some big ticket items like couches, the old white theater seats. Um, so some of that stuff is like, we're, we're advertising it as a moving sale, not a garage sale. Because there is a difference. Big time. A per- perceived difference. So yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm sure our listeners are like, wow, this is fascinating stuff. Can't wait to Yay. come to your garage sale. Yeah. Did you did you move that projector then? The projector is boxed up and in the garage ready for sale. Oh, so. it did. so he didn't buy it. I saw that uh, somebody had maybe had sent you a message about maybe buying it. Yeah, actually, one of our one of our one of our friend, mutual friends, his brother is interested in it. So we'll see if he uh, takes it. All right, well, that's what I was wondering. Yeah, <sighs> but uh, that price is a steal, by the way. Yeah, but anyway, there you go. There's the lowdown on that. And then as soon as that's done, then the house gets one more cleaning from us, which should be. Super fun because we'll have the kids with us. It's seventh level of hell. Um, But then it's like, then it's that we're selling that house. Like it's going to sell. I'll make sure of it. Like I'll drop the, whatever it takes. That house gets, needs to get sold now. So anyway, how about you? That's all fun, fun, fun stuff. Oh, me. Oh, it's uh, been hell week for me. It's just been awful. Let's see. Sunday night, I got about three hours of sleep and, Last night, the emergency phone would not stop ringing every couple hours right when I'd finally fall back asleep. So I'm going on about mm, six hours this week of sleep. So, but at least my main obligations are done. The stuff that is most annoying. Now it's just regular work for the rest of the week, which is just, just delightful. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to podcasting this evening just to, Shut yep. down and chill out. So same here. And then next week we'll we'll hopefully get another one in. And then the week after that we're actually going to go on a last little vacation before school starts. So we'll be we'll be gone. So listeners, you may not have a well a Eugene co-hosted uh, movie freaks that week, but I'll leave that up to. Yeah, uh, we'll you. see. Yeah, I'm sure the listeners could use a break from us too, from time to time. <laughs> Makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Are you ready to get on with the show, sir? Yes, let's do it. I'm Waltz. Go to the roulette. It's time to spin the wheel of the movie roulette where we dive in the ocean of cinema and try and find those gems in the rough. And last week it was Zombies the Beginning up against a Django movie? And yes, sir. Which one? Hanging for Django. <laughs> Hanging out with Django. Yep, which... Am I up first? No, I am. Okay. Zombies, the beginning! Oh, oh god. Uh, Oh, I've been so... I so close texted you like, eh? I'm like, nope, just just hold on to your shorts, Eugene. (laughs) Oh, it it took some work getting through this movie, and, uh... I... It was a roller coaster of emotion. Let's just put it this way. I, I very... Very much bounced back and forth between, um, fuck this movie, to, why does this exist? Just, why? <laughs> why? And, and then I would be like, oh, that's kind of gross and cool. Huh. That's, uh-huh. all right. 
Wow. Oh, fuck this movie. And why does this exist? I uh, just, that, that's, that, that's the up and down I went on for 90 some minutes. 90 some hours. It, it just <laughs> went on and on and on. You said it's a, I was going to get the synopsis, but what the fuck is the point? You said it's a ripoff of aliens and yeah, yeah, this is aliens except get rid of the aliens and you've got zombie things instead. And why? I just don't understand why. I, it was, well, you, you need to watch the first one to find out. No, I don't. Nope, I'm good on that. Because they explain it in a ghost ship sort of way you see. No. But why? Like, I'm watching it and I'm like, you know, if you'd take out all the scenes that are direct ripoffs of aliens, where they literally are doing the same dialogue and everything, mm-hmm. if you would just have done a fakey, chintzy zombie story, generic as all hell... This would have been a way better movie. Like, it would have just been gory as crap in a zombie movie. You're like, all right. But instead, they're like, just doing lines from Aliens. And it's like, why? Oh, I love Ugh. that. I thought that was so bizarre. hilarious. It is, and it's worth you own. I understand why you own it by the time it was all said and done. It was like, okay, this is such a weird anomaly that yes. I get why you like it. So, I get why you like it. One and done for me, but... Man, it got gory and weird at the end. Oh, just, that just, ending just, is, I'm like, because you can tell they go with the whole Queen Alien route, but it's, but on, like, $5 budget. <laughs> yeah. And she's talking to a light bulb or something that's talking back. Oh, Maybe. it's hard to pay attention to. And they're sucking babies out of pregnant women with air hoses or something. Zombies I know, the beginning. Yep. By, by the time it got towards the end, I was pretty lit. And so <laughs> I'm just like, just, just go with this. Just go for the... <laughs> Go for the fun and the laughs and the just emotional let it roller coaster happen. that it is. Yep. <laughs> mm. What a picture. Okay, over to you, Hanging for Django. Hanging for Django, directed by Sergio Garoni, or maybe uh, also known as, of course, this is an Italian director, so also known as Willie S. Reagan. <laughs> so let's just call him Willie, directed by Willie. Will? Uh, Django, uh, I mean, there's so much shooting and killing in this, and it so doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You just... Eh, something about illegal immigrants. So I guess it's timely. <laughs> <laughs> um, the quality is shit. Uh, Django obviously is not played by uh, Franco Nero. It's some random... Oh, what's the guy's name? I'm on IMDb here. Anthony... No, 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 no. That's not his name. Um... Uh, who cares? It's someone. Uh, some not Italian Nero, dude. All that's no, but it's okay. It's I mean, t- tons of shooting. Like a lot of people die in this movie. Uh, to the where you're like, okay, I'm not sure if the good guys or the bad guys are dying right now because there's just gunfire and it's nuts. It's something. Um, uh, there's not much to say about it other than I, of course, I enjoyed it for what it was, but uh, it's. It is a lower-tier spaghetti western, but even the lower-tier spaghetti western is generally watchable, and this is totally watchable. Um, so, yeah, something about these old... And I, I will say this for the for your transfers on these things, is they're so grimy and shitty that some that's a bit of the appeal of it, of watching them. Like, oh, this, just, this feels like I should be watching this in a... I assume they're VHS rips. I haven't even mm-hmm. looked at one of them yet, but they have to be, right? Yep. Yeah. Pretty much. Which is fine. I mean, it's 
I've watched much, much, much worse quality stuff on YouTube. So, um, seriously, I, I would like that that awful um, Mexican slasher the previous week, Maria or whatever I whatever the hell it was called. I would watch this. Yeah, I would watch this twice uh, in one sitting before I would watch that piece of shit once, and that's only an hour and fifteen minutes. And that this one here is like an hour and forty. So it's harmless. It's yeah, as good, expected. Yeah, good guys, bad guys, lots of greasy, sweaty, dirty cowboys, and wraps up like you think it would. Cool. There you go. Sounds good. Hanging for Django. All right, let's get on to the next round. Coming your way. First one is Mojave. Uh, Garrett Headland, Oscar Isaac, Walton Goggins. A lethal game of cat and mouse stretches from the desert to Tinseltown after Hollywood bad boy Thomas runs afoul of a cunning and dangerous drifter. Next up is Slow West. Determined to find the woman he loves, a Scottish teenager braves the western frontier of 19th century America with bounty hunters hot on his trail. And I think this was Cody Smith McGee, McPhee and uh, Michael Fassbender. And lastly... And this one comes with an asterisk. The Devil and Father Amorth. Okay. I don't know how I... I don't think I said that right. The Devil and Father Amorth. Amorth. Yeah. In Rome, exorcist director William Friedkin Friedkin follows a 91-year-old priest who performs a real demonic exorcism on a woman from a small Italian town. And this one comes with an asterisk because it is 69 minutes long, and I know that you desperately want to pick it, but there has to be some sort of punishment for picking a 69-minute movie. (laughs) (sighs) Which means you you (laughs) might see if you pick this one, you're probably next week, you're probably going to get a two-hour roulette or something. You know, you got to do something to make up for that (sighs) difference. Fucker. (laughs) <laughs> Come on, 69 <laughs> minutes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> or you can pick one of the other movies that have all-star casts, and you can watch The Devil and Father Amorth on your own, because you know you will. <laughs> but mm-hmm. that one is a documentary. Okay, heading your way is... First up, Extinction. Uh, this is a... I, I did a little research. This is a Netflix kind of sort of original. I believe that this was actually slated for a theatrical release, but then like uh, Cloverfield Paradox, whatever the hell the Cloverfield thing was, uh, it got Netflix took over. So uh, a father has a recurring dream of losing his family. His nightmare turns into reality when the planet is invaded by a force bent on destruction, fighting for their lives. He comes to realize an unknown strength to keep them safe from harm. Oh, I saw uh, that trailer. I didn't know that was out already. It looks really good, man. I, that's if you wouldn't if if you wouldn't have a, you you got me my picks first. Um, that one is one I was if you'd have thrown that my way, eh, I would have probably jumped on that one. I, Even I, seriously, I didn't see it pop up on the Instant Watcher or whatever. I didn't. I didn't know. Uh, next up is Life After Beth, and this is a horror fantasy comedy. A young. Man's recently deceased girlfriend mysteriously returns from the dead, but he slowly realizes she is not the way he remembered her. Uh, that, um, I think, got pretty good reviews. Got John C. Riley in it, Molly Shannon. Um, it, the trailer looks really funny, so it might be something. Last but not least, definitely not least, in fact, I would say that this is probably your safe pick for you, is Mary and the Witch's Flower. This is the uh, anime from Studio Ponyo. Uh, it's it's the offshoot of uh, Studio Ghibli. Yeah, it's their first one. 
Yeah, uh, based on the little broomstick by Mary Stewart, a strange flower grants a girl magical powers. I watched just a little bit of this when I was working at the theater and I was programming this one in, and it looks fantastic. It looks so good. Uh, in fact, that's one that I'm going to probably watch with the boys. If, if you pick it, I would, I'll wait to hear from your, hear your review, but that's one that I could easily see, uh, the boys really liking to watch. So there you go. I remember the trailer for that one and it was, I bleeding gorgeous. Oh, so, it it looked phenomenal. So after zombies, the beginning, I will be taking Mary and the witch's flower. Thank you very much. Yep, that's the safe pick. <laughs> that was another one that I didn't know had popped on yet. I don't know. I'm just either instant yeah. watcher is failing or I'm failing or something. But <laughs> okay, and for me, um, I think I'm going to do this. Um, I think because of the like, I love demonology stuff and I, I, I am fascinated by that stuff especially exorcist exorcism type stuff I'm going to take the devil and father Amroth but I will say this I will also probably have a review for Slow West as well because I I so want to watch Slow West I've been waiting for that to come on the Netflix I think it was on Netflix before and they took it off but I, that's like I think that's uh, A24's first movie that they released I think um, but more than likely, if that works for you, I'll watch oh, if, both, if, both if of If you do that, then all is forgiven. Nothing held okay. over your head. That's two yep. roulettes I'm checked off. Good. Uh, there's a 90 And if not, then you are, feel free to dump some marathon movies <laughs> on me next week. But, <laughs> three two and yeah. a half hour movies. <laughs> yeah. I, honestly, like all three of those, even Mojave, that sounds damn good too. Well, I said when we did our physical media round that they've been putting stuff, I've been seeing good stuff pop up there. Good roulette fodder. Yes. There you have it. Next time it will be Mary and the Witch's Flower up against the Devil and Father Amrath. The things we picked. Mary and her flowers and devils and fathers. Mm -hmm. Yep. You did say that this is from William Friedkin, right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you did. Okay. He's, and he's in it too. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Just because this is, I'm assuming this is a bit of the, maybe the history of The Exorcist coupled with Mr. Father Amrath. We shall see. Yeah, I don't know. I, but I, I remember seeing some quippy word reviews that were saying it's terrifying, or way more terrifying than any fictional movie or something, you know. Yeah, right, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, you never know, you never know. All right, uh, rabbit trail, what do you want to do next, sir? <laughs> um, so, what did you think about, I, I was curious what you thought about the box office take on Mission Impossible. I mean, have you, did you follow the weekend box office? I saw it did 65. Which is really, like, if you figure in uh, inflation, I think that part two did better, I think, but that still was a great haul for Mission Impossible. I think it's not to start chiming in about Mission Impossible again, but I really, really think it's cool that that series is kind of Tom Cruise's baby now and that it's still, it's like the new James Bond, basically, I think. Yeah, it's the highest grossing opening weekend for any of the Mission Impossibles. The next highest one was part two was 57 million. Part four was 55 or no rogue nation was 55 and three was 47. But yeah, what are the lifetime of these domestic gross? Part two is still the highest at 215 million. Wow, man, that's surprising. Oh, and it's the least of the bunch, but worldwide part four is tops. At six ninety four, and the reviews have been glowing for this new one. They've been kind of crazy. They're like ninety eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I Man, think. that's awesome. That is 
I'm really happy about that. I, I mean, I'm I'm a Tom Cruise fan, and I really like when he succeeds. I just do. I don't care if he's wacky. We're all wacky. I'm a nutball, so <laughs> who gives a shit? You know, I don't jump on couches. Just make good movies, dude. And yeah. he is. <laughs> I agree, and as far as we know, he hasn't really hurt anybody with any of his shenanigans. It's a little different yeah. when somebody's a rapist or a killer or something, but... Exactly. Uh, it's like, yeah, I'm a nutball. I'm going to be laughing. <laughs> that might be the title of the episode, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I tend to agree. Uh, when it, you have to put... A, we've talked about this before on the show, but you at some point, you got to put their some of the goofy stuff they do in the background, because if you're going to have that line in the sand of of, oh, I'm not going to enjoy anybody's art who did this. Um, it gets dicey. I mean, you got thousands and thousands of people that work on a single movie sometimes. You tell me none of those people have a criminal record? You yeah, know? exactly. So maybe the guy up front does. I don't know. And I, I understand it's a difference, but there, it is different when somebody is like sexual abuser or rapist or something like that, you know? That can change, but yeah. they Even still Even that, let... though, it's, it's, it's just... You know, it's just weird how, and not to get down to go down that this slippery slope, but you know, you got you know, uh, you've got uh, the guy that made the Jeepers Creepers movies, and we're boycotting those, but we're fine with Roman Polanski's movies. That's what I always go back to in the day and age of hashtag Me Too. Polanski still gets to make movies. What is that? How is that consistent? So uh, it's yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I have no idea how we went from Mission Impossible to that real fast. But... Oh, because he's weirdo, jumps on couches and stuff. That's and right. A lot, a lot of people go. don't like him because of that. Or, and Scientology. I guess the one harmful thing he did kind of do is talk, and he, I don't even know what it was about, but it was something to do with uh, prescription drugs and uh, how you shouldn't take stuff for, like, psychological issues, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't know, something like that. Going clear, I don't know. I didn't look into it that much because as soon as I hear Scientology, I'm just it, nonsense. Yeah. Yep. Now I did want to bring this up. Uh, I've been saving this for the show. Uh, so I was. There's going to be a re-release of 2001: A Space Odyssey on 4K UHD disc uh, coming out in I think October or late September, uh, which is that's that's big news. That's that's. Halloween. That is, they're doing that with Halloween as well. And they're doing that, yeah, exactly. Uh, but 2001, with the way Kubrick shot it, it's, you know, it's such a huge movie that no matter what format, like, it keeps getting better. All movies seem to get better and better and better, but that movie screams, like, best possible quality. So I was just perusing through what people were saying about, you know, their excitement about this upcoming release, and someone posted something about, hey, by the way, like, here's a really cool thing that came out about a year ago, um... I think that is her name Vivian Kubrick. That's uh, Stanley's daughter. She okay. released this this uh, VHS clip of um, or not. It's not VHS clip. It's it's a really 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 old clip. We're talking like early eighties clip of this Japanese guy talking on the phone to Stanley Kubrick, and it's about an hour long. And um, is this where he this, explains the end of two thousand one? Yes, he explains I heard, the end. I, I heard a sound clip of that. It's amazing. And then he talks about the ending of The Shining as well. I'm like, I can't believe that, like, he was so secretive and, like, open to interpretation for his movies. And then the, this weird little interview, he kind of sort of spills the beans on both of those. And both of those, especially The Shining, I'm like, well, that that's kind of what I took that as. But 
2001, I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. Like what he, what he said about that. And it's kind of sort of what I was envisioning that ending to be like, but hearing it from him and hearing him explain it a little bit more, I'm like, oh, wow, that I can't, I, now I'm like, I'm so jazzed to watch the, uh, I, I, I want to watch it now, but you know me. I'm no. Wait till the 4K comes out. <laughs> Can you post a uh, post a link to that video on the page? Because I only heard a uh, I don't know a minute and a half sound clip where he just explained the end of 2001. I didn't know that was a long video. I would like to oh, watch yeah. more of that. Yeah, and then right after his interview, like it's not all him. It's like about the halfway mark. Then it goes to to Vivian Kubrick, and she is so fascinating. And just her mannerisms, I'm like. I would love to talk movies with you for hours. She's very animated and interesting. And I'm like, you're Stanley Kubrick's daughter, obviously. <laughs> very, very cool. But it, right after the 2001 explanation, then this guy goes on. And he, the the interviewer was kind of, oh, I don't know. He just seemed kind of aloof or whatever. Just, here's my questions. But I'm just, which surprised me that Kubrick was that open with him. Uh, but right after 2001, then he starts, then he asks about the, what about the Shining ending? And then Kubrick hums around about it a little bit. Then he's, well, here, this. And I'm like, well, no shit. That's, that's awesome hearing it from you. And I kind of assumed that, but it's interesting to hear that from you. But anyway, for, for movie freaks, it's a, it's a cool find, I guess you could say. Wow. I want to see that right now. Yeah. It's really good. I, man, it made me miss Stanley, Stanley Kubrick. All over again. I wish that that guy would have made 20 more movies in his lifetime, or 30. I, it's like, ah, I wanted more movies from him. Yeah, I definitely want to watch that. Post that to the Facebook page, and then our listeners can easily find it as well. And maybe I'll tag it and put it in the uh, comments of the ep- episode card as well. Okay. Um, sweet. Anything from you? Nope. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> uh, I've just been watching a shit ton of movies. Actually, yes. Now I remember. Oh man, I finally remembered what I wanted. To, I was going to talk to you about at the beginning of the show, but uh, we talked about movies at the beginning of the show. So I guess we can inter- interrupt the movie freaks for a little bit of video game freaks. Uh, since I'm so ahead on movie watching for recently watched, I was like in the mood to uh, play some video games, and so I popped off the local exchange and PS3 games. Are the cost is just dropping right out the bottom right now, which is great. And I got uh, Quantum of Solace for three bucks and Grand Theft Auto 4 for six bucks, I think. And I'm not a huge GTA fan, but I thought, ah, what the hell? I I watched some uh, people playing 4 and I was like, ah, it looks like they improved on some of the things I didn't like about it. But anyway, before that, I wanted to get some my James Bond generic shooter on with Quantum of Solace. And uh, you and I are the only people on the planet that think that movie is decent. Oh, I... <laughs> More on that later, actually. I'm glad that you brought that up, because I was yeah, more on that yeah. and recently watched. All right. Excellent. <laughs> and I've been wanting to rewatch that movie, because I was shocked to discover that I bought it. I own it. <laughs> Quantum of Solace? Yeah. Really? I have all of those on Blu-ray. I have all the Daniel Craig's on Blu-ray. Okay. And all the rest on DVD. But I was looking for it in a store one day, because I was like, I think that's the only one I don't have. And then I went to my film aficionado, and I was like, oh, it says I have it. And sure enough, I do. Uh, anyway. So the game I'm playing, and it kind of starts off like the movie, but then it does all these flashbacks to Casino Royale. 
So it's literally all of Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace in one video game. And if you've played any of those James Bond shooters, they're pretty generic, but they're still kind of fun because they you get to play through the levels of the movie. Yay! I remember even on PS1, I was playing, like, Tomorrow Never Dies. Like, I played all of them, I think. And, uh, yeah, so I was having fun with it and then put it down. And a couple days later, I was like, all right, time for some more shooter action. And I played for... A little bit longer. I think I've, I've, you know, I don't play for that long each time I sit down, hour maybe. Um, maybe an hour and a half tops. And I beat the game. Oh. Okay. I, I'm not kidding. I think I, I played that game about two and a half, three hours would be my guess. And it's done. It's like, ah, well, three bucks. What are you going to do? <laughs> it was fun for that. But yeah, all right, let's check out Grand Theft Auto. And now, of course, that's a hundred hour game. Uh, I don't really, I haven't played much of them, so I don't know how to navigate. Do you, have you played GTA at all? Yeah. I used to have, uh, was it San Andreas? Uh, was that the, there was one where. One, one in the seventies. Uh, there was one that I, maybe it was that San Andreas was, I think the one that I had for, was it PS2? Mm-hmm. That sounds right. I think the, was it Vice City? There was one that was set in the seventies and then San Andreas was, uh, regular. Okay. It was cool, but it was at, it was a little bit too open world for me. Just give me people that I can go pew pew and linear. Yeah. Start. Yeah. I understand. My complaints with it were always that the controls are not intuitive, Mm-mm. you know, and, and oh, that's totally agree. Always, always bugged me and I'm playing it. I'm really trying hard this time, but again, the controls are not intuitive on this game. There are a couple of times where a guy goes, there he is! And they start pulling their gun up, and I'm like, oh shit, I need to get my gun out. Hit buttons all over the place, nothing, my guy stands there and jumps and crouches, and... Because, the oh, it, it's so dumb, it could be made... It could be so simplified. There's no reason for it to be that complicated. But... And if you're not holding the X button, he doesn't run, and his walking speed is so slow that, like... Dun, 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 like, get, go! Come on! You know? Ugh. But... I'm kind of having fun with it. It's I totally agree. It's directionless. You know, it's like I have to call people to go get missions, and I'm like, am I doing the main mission or am I just doing side missions? I don't even know. Yeah, oh, and rescue the hooker from the pimp guy and <laughs> buying coke. Uh, it it didn't work for me. I've been kind of enjoying it though, and it's something different. And I'm I don't have to be dedicated to it, and it was only a couple of bucks. Because the other games I have, they're more linear. The other games, I have like six other games that I haven't even started playing yet. They're linear. And I know those are going to take forever. And once I start, I ha- I'm going to have to keep up with it. Because if I put a game down for a couple of months, and then you come back and try and relearn the controls, it's just like, I'm done. Because I go in spurts with my video gaming anymore. So I'll-, I'll wait for those other ones when it gets to winter time and work slows down enough that I can actually do that. But for now, I can just pick that up, do a couple dumb missions, and be done. Yeah. So... Yeah, anyway. my, my video gaming has is at a pretty much standstill other than every now and then helping the boys a little bit with the Nintendo Switch. I, my PS4 gets almost no use, but that's it's the summertime and the kids are around. Most of the stuff that I would play on PS4, I, they, I don't want them in the room, and I'm busy with other stuff, so video games are more winter activity for me. Yeah, well, and that's the same way with GTA. Because anytime the kids come in the room, then there's a little cutscene, and it's, oh, fuck this, and fuck you, and fuck that. It's like, see how extreme we are, because we say fuck? Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, but I did take this girl on a second date, and got lucky. Hey, so hey, that happened. It's here like, we go. Yeah. Wow. It's like, that wasn't as hard as I thought it would be. 
Yeah. How's PS2 sex? Like, how? what's the quality on that? It's PS3. It's PS3. Oh, PS3. Okay, Come on. all right. Okay, so the... Okay. Yeah, that's not bad. So it's not, not bad. too much blockiness. <laughs> nah, no. It's funny. There are some games that I put in the PS3, and I'm still, like, shocked at how amazing the graphics are to the point of, like, why do we even need it? Why, why are the PS4s right now? Like, I'm sure the graphics are even more amazing, but... They're so good. Then, like, this Grand Theft Auto, which I think was an earlier ver- earlier game, um, it's not as good. <laughs> I mean, it's fine, but it's showing its age. Yeah. Was that a port from the PS2? No. Okay. I don't think so. Uh, anyway, there's GTA V on, on PS3 as well. and is, that... is there any for the new... Si- there is something for the new systems, right? I mean, maybe a... An up port of five or something? Look up GTA five here. GTA five. Because that's the actually there has to be because that's the one that everybody's playing right now. I'm actually surprised to, to loop in movies here. I'm actually surprised there hasn't been a Grand Theft Auto movie. Oh right. That surely that's got to happen mm. soon. It, uh, GTA five is on PS three, three sixty, PS four, Xbox One. Oh, so that was go. the one that came out about the same time as the new systems i think november 2014 anyway i see guys playing multiplayer of that game all the time and it's hilarious because they go up and mug each other and run away it's hysterical <laughs> but it would they would they were doing one of the multiplayer things which that's what got me to uh, to grab part four is they were one guy is in a helicopter and another guy's on a motorcycle and the motor- motorcycle guy's got to try and escape and the helicopter guy's got to try and gun him down. And it's just a dumb little mini game for, you know, co-op. <laughs> but it was hilarious to watch. And I was like, you know what, uh, maybe I should give that a shot. <laughs> you know, I, I would say that the Fast and Furious movies might actually be the closest thing to a Grand Theft Auto, uh, at least maybe the bank heist one. Or, I don't know. Yeah, you, you're not wrong. Except less murdering. They don't. They don't do a whole lot of murdering. Yeah. Yeah. Well, somebody call up Doctor Uv Ball and and let's get this going with a GTA movie. Let's get that thing. Boy, what's that guy been up to? Oh, hopefully not making movies. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Please God, I will watch Bruno Matai ten times. Old. Well, that's open for discussion, I guess. But would you pick Bruno Matai uh, movies or you? I mean, have I watched any? Was Zombies a Bruno Matai joint? Okay, yeah, that was his. Uh, yeah, that's, that's that's his level right I, there. So you Ball. I'd go Yui Ball. Yeah. Oh. Uh, he's at least like have some nudity and some uh, a, a, a story that's not a photocopy of another movie. You know. I'm going yeah. on my my Speak- deep experience of Bruno and Bataille movies of exactly one thing. So <laughs> <laughs> I have plenty more from him when you want to borrow them. Do not put those on my October list. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of him, I actually ordered another uh, I actually ordered two more Intervision movies. <laughs> one is uh called The Jail and this is one of Bruno Matai's last movies, and it's like right around the same time as the, the zombie movies he made. It's a woman in prison movie, so we. Oh. I'm all yeah, you about that. Out of those, um, yeah. Oh, yeah, more on that in recently <laughs> watched, and I there was one more Intervision movie that I got called Things. Things <laughs> shot on VHS, and the cover is this guy with a really bad mullet, and he's holding, I think, a drill. And there's a corpse behind him, but it's all like, oh, that looks like a 
Polaroid picture, like a like someone's picture, not an actually legit movie cover. It's like this guy's this dude bro is posing for the camera with this fake looking corpse. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to watch it. Ugh. Oh, it looks so badass, ba- bad and it looks, ass. <laughs> it looks like bad ass. Is that- <laughs> yeah, I'm expecting the budget. Well, it's probably got a budget of around. Oh, tens of dollars. All right. Yes. All right, let's yeah. get on to recently okay. watched, sir. You're, you're too excited yeah. about it. Uh, I'll crap them up first. Okay. Oh, it's going to be a VHS heavy episode for me on the uh, my phone here so I can look up some MDBs. We'll start off with a movie called Company Business from 1991. Starring Gene Hackman and Mikhail Baryshnikov. And I and Kurtwood Smith. And I guarantee that you would recognize the cover of this movie if you checked it out. It was one that I... All of these are VHS movie store gems that I just never got around to renting, so why not buy them? A retired CIA agent is recruited to participate in a prisoner exchange with the Russians. And this was a pretty decent movie. I enjoyed it, but it's one of those Gene Hackman late 80s, early 90s movies where he's just pretty well rock solid. I mean, anything he's in, it's pretty interesting. He has to team up with an ex-KGB agent to monitor this uh, exchange of prisoners, and then it goes horribly south, and uh, they are both targeted for, or put on a list to be executed by their own governments. So they're both on the run. So it's a little bit of a a buddy movie because they're joking around a bit, but it's not a full on like comedy action. I wouldn't say. And it's got that wonderful cold war feel, man. I mean, the cold war sucked and all, but man, the, or the, did it make for some great movies? <laughs> anyway, that is company business. Have you ever seen it or heard of it? I've heard of it, but I have not seen it. Next up is from 1995 kiss of death. A reformed convict goes undercover with the help of an angry detective to ensnare a psychotic mobster. Starring David Caruso, Samuel L. Jackson, Nicolas Cage, Helen Hunt, Stanley Tucci, Michael Rappaport, Ving Rhames. Damn, great cast. cast. And this was also a good movie. And I was surprised because with that cast, I didn't expect DJ Caruso to be the lead. But he is the lead. And he did pretty well. As a lead, I was, I mean, I was surprised at how well he was able to carry a movie on his own. I haven't seen a lot of DJ Caruso-led movies, have you? I mean, I know he was in uh, A Law and Order or something, but, um, yeah, Samuel Jackson is the detective, and the psychotic... Session 9, I guess. He was in Session, he was the lead in Session oh. 9. Well, anyway, I really liked his character in this, and I thought he played it very well. He, it's uh, like an ex-con. He used to steal cars and shit, and now he's trying to be a good guy, but he's still kind of a badass. You know, like, people mess with him. He doesn't let him mess with him at all. And he's got to help Samuel L. Jackson take down Nicolas Cage, the mobster, who no. is... Oh, no. No, no, no. This is premium Nicolas Cage. He is an absolute psychopath in this movie. And I don't mean... The character, the character's kind of crazy. I mean, Nick Cage is a lunatic in this movie, and it is delightful to watch. He is completely unhinged. 
he's this badass mobster, but he's got asthma and he's trying to do all these things and he keeps getting big, giant, crazy eyes. And <laughs> it is worth the price of admission alone. It went in a lot of different ways. I did not expect this story to go at all. Uh, I don't even want to tell you what. I, I, you're probably not going to watch this, are you? Uh, so he's married to Helen. He's no, married it. to Helen Hunt. And then he pulls this one last job to help his cousin out. And then they all get busted, of course. And then there's some accident and she gets, Helen Hunt gets killed while he's in jail for a couple months. And I was just like, huh, didn't see that coming. So then the babysitter takes care of their kid. And then by the time he gets out, the baby, he's like, well, I'm all alone. I just got me and the kid. And the babysitter like is now older and puts her hand on his shoulder and is like, no, you're not. Cut to wedding bells. I'm like, oh, marry the babysitter. Moving on. All right. Come up. Yep. I guess. There you go. (laughs) All the while, crazy Nick Cage is just lingering in the background, breathing heavy and wearing wife beaters and just being a lunatic. (laughs) Uh. It sounds good. It was worth the trip. I think you would enjoy it. And it's at that time of the 90s when everything was heavily R-rated. It's always in a strip club. You know what I mean? Mm, Yes. Thugs doing thug things. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, thumbs up. Okay, it's two from me over to you. Uh, Let's let's just take care of the women in prison slash Nazi exploitation stuff uh, off. Just let's get these checked off the list right away. Uh, first up, Gestapo's Last Orgy. Uh, um, something about a lady that uh, is refuses to be broken by the uh, commandant uh, and her and his sidekick lady Nazi whatever guard. Uh, all the other all the other Jews are being you know <clears throat> are are being tortured. She's like, I'm not gonna let them take my mind and. And for the first half, I'm like, oh, this is exploitation goodness. They're, they're like, the, the torture scenes are laughable. Like, totally laughable. Like, we're gonna pour, like, gigantic rats on you, or, or little gerbils, or what, you know, like, that's not, I, I would, you could do that to me, and I would be probably okay with it, probably. <laughs> uh, do I need to see Gestapo's first orgy so I know what's going on in this one? No, no, just dive into the last orgy. <laughs> um, at one point, though, they, there, there's a dinner scene. The, the highlight of the movie is there's this dinner scene, and um, oh, how, what they're, they're all shoveling food down their throats, and then they they kill this Jewish lady, and then they decide let's just cook her and eat her. Why don't we? And I'm like, ah, oh, now we're we're bordering on on uh, tastelessness. No pun intended. In, in uh, Gestapo's last orgy, it bordered on tastelessness. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Exactly. Go on. Um, so, um, and, and then by the midway point, then this girl starts to, uh, her and this, the commandant, they, they actually form this sort of relationship. Uh, and I'm like, oh God, come on. And then it gets, then it gets almost art housey. Like they go this art house route. I'm like, I don't want to see this emotions and feelings and stuff. More torture in the Nazi camp and, not this nipple. Like, let's get on with the nipple piercings and the like. Nah, this is feeling stuff is for the birds. And then it ends like you know, they try to be sad, and I'm like, no. <laughs> so the first half is solid grindhouse exploitation, and the last half is nope. <laughs> um. So anyway, there's Gestapo's last orgy. Next up is deported women of the SS special section. 
I like that it's the special section, not the, you know, the standard issue. It's special. Uh, this one here is about, uh. Is that part of the title or just the version that you bought? No, that's the whole title. The Deported Women of the SS Special Section, rated X. And it's, yeah, we get, uh, there's some, there's some stuff in this one. Um, oh shit, what was this about now? Uh, <laughs> there are some things in this one. <laughs> Um, sadistic, sadistic commandant. Oh, okay. This is the one about the, uh, they're trying to form a brothel. Like the, 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 the special section is going to be a brothel and to, to reward, uh, perverts and, uh, lesbian, yeah, whatever. Um, everything's like, if you're a lesbian, then you're perverted or eh, it's whatever. Just get on with it. Um, it was okay. But all of them pale in comparison to Ilsa type movies. Like that's my, jam right there is the Ilsa movies. These are uh, trying to be. Like, if you're going to do this type of thing, go all out. Like, She-Wolf of the SS, that is like all out exploitation sleaze. This is... It it scratches that itch, but not not quite to the level that I want it to. So anyway, Deported Women of the SS Special... That was actually the last movie that I watched in our old house. Boy, what else? What a way to send off our old house. Like, just gotta leave some Nazi, Nazi vibes uh, from the seventies going on in this place, and I'm out of here. Um, okay, and I'm gonna do three. Right? Go just for to, it to, to get all of these done. Um, last but not least, uh, is the best one of the bunch: Ilsa, Harm Keeper of the Oil Sheiks. Now we're talking. Uh, this one here is good. Uh, so not quite as good as uh, it's not quite as good as. Uh, uh, She-Wolf of the SS, and it's not quite as good as Tigress of Siberia, but it is better than uh, The Mad Butcher, which is the Jess Franco one, which is just god-awful rubbish. Uh, Harm Keeper of the Oil Sheiks is, once again, and by the way, Ilsa, I believe she dies in every one of these, which I think is just fantastic, <laughs> that every one of these, she gets murdered or whatever, something at the end, and then she's back in another part of the world. So here she's in the Middle East, and uh... Something about uh, slavery ring and uh, the the sheik there is they torture these ladies and they stick bombs up their vaginas and something about if you screw them then they explode and it kills the maybe something like that uh, but just I just I just went with it I'm like okay here we go <laughs> so Ilsa has these two uh, like African ladies that just whip the shit out of anybody that she wants them to, which I like that. Um, <laughs> Why? Why that? Just oh, it was just cool. Like, like the one guy, the, the they like they capture this one Arab guy, and they're like, "Look, you were caught. I don't know what. Who cares what he was caught doing? They're like, we'll let you go, uh, completely free if you can beat uh, these two these two sidekicks of Ilsa." And he's like, "All right." And then they just kick the shit out of him, and then they, of course. Kill him, which it was expected, but I I liked that. Um, so Diane Thorne plays Ilsa. She gets naked all the time. So does everybody else. Um, it's basically an exploitation, uh, gory horror exploitation versions of the Manuel series. Yes, yes, these are much more violent versions of Emmanuel. Uh, but I, I, I think uh, Diane Thorne is. She's so awesome. Like, she just reminds me of someone that I would literally be scared but aroused over. Like, it, 
in real think, life. I think that's kind of the point. These are sadomasochistic. Yeah, uh, yeah, it works. <laughs> uh, but and, so there's an American guy there that f- to rescue someone that they uh, they end up murdering anyway. Doesn't I mean she gets killed by all sorts of torture and then blah 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 blah. Big gun shootout in the end and some gory shenanigans and nudity and it ends. And I was happy. I'm like that's that's my type of Nazi. Although it's not Nazi exploitation, that's my type of woman in prison slash. That type of genre, the, yeah. the Ilsas. It's I like that. <laughs> okay, I'm now that I feel thoroughly, thoroughly gross talking about all of those. Back to you. <laughs> okay, I'll try and uh, take it up a peg, uh, Please. but only barely. High Plains Drifter. Oh, watched a couple okay. of. I'm not sure. I mean, it says Clint Eastwood directed this, so that wouldn't be a spaghetti, would it? Hmm, I guess not. But it's still... I never considered that really a spaghetti western. You didn't? Why not? I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's because of that? I don't know. Is it? Uh, does it feel like one of those? It totally feels like the Dollars Trilogy from what I remember. I mean, maybe with a little less corny music. Not corny, that's not the right word. But uh, signature music, I guess you could say. Okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't recall seeing this one before. A gunfighting stranger comes to a small settlement of Lago and is hired to bring the townsfolk together in an attempt to hold off three outlaws who are on their way. So, seven samurai, but with one gunman. Who's also rapey. He goes, oh, I mean, he, no, okay. not rapey, rapist. Goes to this town and goes to the bar to get a drink, and then some guys want to give him shit. And then he shows how fast he is by grabbing a glass or something, and they all back off. So then he goes to, t- to across the street to the bathhouse to take a bath, and then they all come in, and then he shoots them all dead. I, why? Just because he's this new guy in town, and so they gotta hassle him, whatever. And uh, then he goes out, and this woman starts hassling him. So he says, boy, you got some nerve talking to a man that way, woman. And she's like, well, I have the nerve, or blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, somebody needs to teach you a lesson. So he grabs her and takes her into the barn and throws her down and bangs her. And it's and she's, like, screaming no the whole time until he's, like, thrusting. And then she's like, oh, 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 oh. And it's just like, all right. It was only rape until she liked it, I guess. No, I, I was uh. like, what is happening? Now I got to, like, root for this guy who just, ugh. So then he wanders around town for half the movie. Then they decide that. Oh, you can help us. You can help us because you're so strong and fast and whatever. Uh, so he has to get them together to learn how to defend themselves from the guy. I mean, from that, you could have done it all without the fucking rape. You know, there was no yeah. need for that. It would, and then she comes back later and is mouthy, but she likes him then. And then they do it again. Or I, uh, I was like, all right, well, there's another spaghetti Western thing that I have in the collection. And that was very creepy, Clint to make that movie, but it is, I mean, if you think about it, um, that, that kind of storyline, it is pretty direct Seventh Samurai. And next up, at 135 minutes, the outlaw Josie Wales. A Missouri farmer joins a Confederate guerrilla unit and winds up on the run from the Union soldiers who murdered his family. Again, Clint Eastwood, director Clint Eastwood. And this was a damn good movie, but also... Uh, no, it didn't actually fully happen. I was going to say, this one also had a rape in it, but because a bunch of the bad guys grabbed this woman, and he's lined up to shoot him, but then he waits because they heard a noise, and so they stop. They don't actually get on to fully on raping her. 
but apparently that's just what happened a lot in the Old West, is just rape and murder. But uh, anyway, this was a, a pretty damn good movie. Even at a, 135 minutes, it um, didn't feel like it was too long. Like, I wasn't like, come on, let's go. You know, these things all kind of have a certain pace anyway. And I I liked it. I think you would too. Had some good shootouts, and Clint's a badass, and you can actually kind of root for his character this time instead of the last time. Uh, but, uh, yeah, thumbs up. Cool. Are these ones that, uh, like, they're probably not quite to the level of the Dollars trilogy? No, n- neither of them are. Well, l- okay. the one is, the High Plains Drifter is such a... I'd have to, like, look at... See, these were in the 70s, so you're a little bit further out from... Uh, I think they are, anyway. Let's see here. Yeah, 1976 was Josie Wales, and 1973 was High Plains Drifter, and the Dollars Trilogy was all before that. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. High Plains Drifter was just such a... I just saw so many other movies do this kind of setup before, but... And, you know, maybe it's just a trope of Western movies, uh, of the Western, where a stranger comes to town and has to protect the townsfolk. But, uh, uh, I think it was High Plains Drifter... Was it High Plains? Yeah, High Plains Drifter 2. Towards the end, it was really weird. I had never quite understood why, maybe because I wasn't paying close enough attention, but he said, we're, we're going to need all of the paint, the red paint in the town. And then they painted all of the buildings red, everything completely red. And I was like, why? And then I don't think I, I never really got an answer, but maybe I wasn't paying close enough attention. So there's this, I was like, is that where the saying came from? Let's paint the town red. That's, I, huh. I, I don't, I have no idea. I don't know why they did it, but they painted the town red. So I guess they had a good time, except they didn't. And it was a lot of people to shoot three, three dudes. But, uh, my God, they shot him dead. So. All right. All right. There you go. So anyway, I'm, I'm, I am going to get to that man with no name trilogy here soon. And luckily I have that on Blu-ray. Although the VHS was fine for these. I, that goes back to what you were saying sometimes. Uh, it, gritty old Western. It looks better when it's just old filmy gritty. And that was fine. I liked it. Uh, cool. back to you. <clears throat> okay. So I watched another movie called Enter the Devil. And there is, uh, a very big lack of actual devil in that movie. Uh, so big thumbs down for me. Is that an invitation or is that a proclamation? Like, are we to enter uh, the proclamation? Devil? I think. Okay. Yeah, it's it's so god awful bad. Uh, this was from the early seventies, and this is actually on the video nasties. And I I'm guessing that they got it wrong. There's no, this is PG level stuff here. There's no reason for this to have been on the video nasties list back in the day, but. Uh, there's an investigation in this small town in the desert. Uh, people are going missing and there's this cult that lives up in the mountains that are kind of Illuminati. Dudes in robes. Who gives a shit? Uh, not much happens. I mean, every now and then someone gets kidnapped and then they get killed off camera. And then it, it, it ends with the someone and then some lady finding out it was so shitty so damn boring and like come on your title is enter the devil and you're from the early 70s you should kick ass but it doesn't at all so that was a swing and a miss um next up another rewatch of anthropophagus uh now i know that i've talked about anthropophagus on this show before it's probably been a little while 
Do you remember? Yeah, what we but about? did you? I kind of feel like you didn't like it. I well, I didn't. However, here we go. <laughs> uh, I every time I watch it, and this is the uh, at least fourth time I've watched it. I like it more and more. And I think the first time, because this was, I believe this was another video nasty. And the first time I watched it, I'm like, that's it? Really? Uh, but it had some good atmosphere. And then every sub- subsequent viewing, I like it more and more. And now I'm like, now that movie kicked ass. If you can just get past the very talky investigative first hour where they're exploring an island. Uh, it has so much atmosphere though, especially the Blu-ray. It looks really, really good. And it's, it, that it's got that weird Italian, like early eighties Italian score going on. Um, it gives it this kind of otherworldly vibe and it totally works. And it sets itself up so well for the last 30 minutes to where it's like the last 30 minutes are horror gold. Uh, it's really, really, really gory towards the end. Um, oh, of course, George Eastman is the bad guy in this. So. Yay, thumbs up. He came from uh, the east. Yep. Um, but basically this, uh, this group of tourists, uh, go, end up at this island and they are investigating and because reasons. And then it turns out that there may or may not be a cannibal on this island. Uh, but this is a good one. This is actually one where if I were to set things up properly for you, I think that you might enjoy it. Um, well, I see it on so many horror lists and stuff that at some point I should check it out. You should definitely check this one out. This one is a big thumbs up at this point. Like, it's, <laughs> I mean, so you've I, gone full reversal. Yes, I have. I definitely have. Add, it's Add it to the October list. Damn good movie. Uh, but again, if, if you keep in mind, that first hour is really slow paced, but that's where you just, you just enjoy the very Italian weirdness going on that sets up the last crazy, insane 30 minutes. And there are some genuinely scary moments in the movie. And the fact that it feels like legit shooting on this remote island in the middle of the ocean, I really, really liked that. I think that's one of the reasons, that's part of the reasons why I like, I love Lucio Fulci's zombie so much, is that that felt like a real, like a real exotic location that was dangerous to film at. And it feels almost otherworldly, like it's Somewhere you should not go. And that's what this place here felt like. So anyway, big, big thumbs up for Anthropophagus. And I can finally pronounce that name right because God only knows how I used to pronounce that. Anthropophagus? Yeah. I, now it's... I, I, you may be pronouncing it right, but I guarantee you I'm spelling it wrong. <laughs> oh, there went my drink. <laughs> oh, but, and, and I guess Anthropophagus means uh, cannibal. So Oh, or we could just have gone with cannibal. Or that, yeah. But I like Anthropophagus better. That's a that's that's the more cool name. Yeah. Okay. There you go. And back to you. All right. Last round. Here we go. Uh, two more VHSs, and I picked these up because of movie freaks and our conversations that we've had over the last couple of months. First up from director Ron Howard, the paper. New York City tabloid editor. Uh, Henry is faced with tough decisions while he faces several serious life challenges and a tempting job offer. Starring Michael Keaton, Robert Duvall, Glenn Close, Marissa Tomei, Randy Quaid, Jason Robards, Jason Alexander, I'm Catherine O... uh, Catherine O'Hara? Love her. 
Anybody else? Pretty big cast. Clint Howard, shockingly, is in this movie. And Yay. <laughs> Uh, you said you had watched this one before. I had never seen this mm-hmm. one during when we did our Ron Howard retrospective or director spotlight, whatever the hell we call it. And so I thought, ah, VHS uh, for, you know, a dime, whatever. I'll check it out. This is a good movie. I quite enjoyed it. I'm glad to have it in the collection. I'll watch it again down the road sometime. Uh, I like that it is over the course of one day of a newspaper. I mm-hmm. thought that was very interesting. Michael Keaton in the 90s. What, 80s, 90s, you can't really go wrong. I mean, everything he did was just the shit. Um, and he's endlessly watchable in this as well. Robert Duvall is always great. I I just don't have a lot of negative to say about this movie. I'm not giving it like a 10 or anything, but it was very interesting and cool. And it also is funny to watch now because as newspapers become less and less a thing, how important they were at the time. You know, everybody's running around like, lunatics trying to get the top story so they could make the most sales and everything. It's like, wow, those days, that ship has sailed. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it was never more obvious than a rewind, than, you know, going back and checking out this slightly dated film. Uh, Next up, from director Ridley Scott, a Ridley Scott movie I'd never seen. So I picked up this VHS, and I just finished watching it this afternoon. From 1996, White Squall. Starring Jeff Bridges, uh, Carolyn, ah, dang it, Goodall, I really like her, Scott Wolf, Jeremy Sisto, uh, young Ryan Phillippe, lots of other, Balthazar Getty, that was the other name, Ethan Embry, a lot of names in Damn, this one. Yeah, good cast, yeah, that's a... But they're all young lads. Teenage boys discover discipline and camaraderie on an ill-fated sailing voyage. And this is set like... Oh, boy, I don't know exactly. I want to say turn of the century. I think it was based on a ship that sank in, like, 1916 or something. And it said it's highly fictionalized. So it must be very different from whatever that story was. It's a little too long for my taste at 129 minutes. But you know how it is with me and the ocean and ships. I I gotta go watch all these movies because, for whatever reason, I'm obsessed with them. And I I do give this movie a passing thumbs up. I, I wish... This is one area where, um, or one example of how a VHS doesn't quite cut it, because obviously the majority of these are full frame, this one's full frame, but when it gets into the storm part, and it, it's just chaos on the TV. Like, there's waves splashing in a boat, just kind of flopping, and people in the water, and then da, 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 and you can't tell what's going You have no sense of what the hell is going on, because of the datedness of the VHS, and because it's full frame. So I think mm-hmm. a higher quality version would play better for me. I would uh, bump it up some. But it was still cool seeing all these very well-known actors when they were all really young lads. Uh, But, I mean, it was a pretty interesting story. They basically, it's like a summer school thing. They drop their kids off with this guy to go out sailing for, like, months. And he teaches them how to be a crew and how to sail. And, I mean, a big, crazy sailboat. It's not little. It's huge. Um, So that's always kind of... That always kind of freaks me out because sailing is hard. I don't know. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't, I don't understand, know how to sail, and everybody's running around and hoist the this and do the that, and you know, it's pretty, pretty wild feat in my opinion to be able to capture the wind like that. Uh, but I give the, I give it a passing thumbs up, but I'm not going to freak out about it, and it's just another Ridley Scott to have checked off the list. Yeah, 
I watched that one time many, many years ago, and I echo your, I, I remember it. And it, I'm guessing it was VHS as well that I watched that on. And yeah, it was okay. Uh, but meh. Yeah. It's a thing. I've, yeah. I, I was like, this must be an early Scott. I went back and looked and was like, no, he did Alien and Blade Runner and stuff. This was all way after that. 96. <laughs> yeah. Like, wow. So, uh, there you go. I'm done. Uh, you last round for you. Okay. I'm going to do a couple of home invasion movies. Uh, first up is, uh, your next, and I'm sure that we've talked about your next on the show, but I want to echo what I've been thinking about this movie all along and that it is brilliant. If, um, someone would say what is like the best slasher movie made in the past, I don't know, 10 years, this is probably top three, if not about number one for me. I love this movie. This is Adam Wingard. Directed Simon Barrett, written. Uh, the cast is fantastic. Uh, they're just a, they're a bunch of silver spoon, uh, obnoxious people that get stuck in a really, really, really shitty situation. Uh, there's some great twists and turns, and it is violent as all hell. I loved how extremely violent it was. It has this really nasty sense of like dark humor going on as well in it, especially with some of the twists that are played throughout the movie. Uh, the final girl is fantastic in this. I think her name is, uh, oh, she's Australian. Uh, Char- I'm looking here. Sharni, Sharni Vinson. She was also in a really good shark movie called Bait. So there's that. But uh, Bait is good? Is, yeah, that was a good movie. That's Australian shark movie. Oh, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it was good. Uh, but this one here, it just is, it rules. A.J. Bowman is, Bowen is in this. Uh, there, actually, there's a lot of people, Ty West is in it. There's a lot of people that are in a lot of Adam Wingard's movies. Like, there's like, it's almost like this little network of people that they're all in each other's shit. And I like that. Yeah. Uh, Barbara Crampton is also in this as the mom. You've seen this before, I believe, right? Yeah, I watched it once, and I didn't love it as much as everybody else. I didn't hate it or anything, but I just didn't love it as much as everybody else does. Uh, but being an Adam Wingard joint, I am hard-pressed to uh, say anything negative about it. Like, I just let it be, yeah. because I like him so much. And this is so great. And it's uh, at the end, uh, I'm not going to totally spoil the end, but the last seconds of the movie are horror goodness and then the beginning of the end credits are I just have this big shit eating grin on my face every time I watch it because I'm like now that's how I would make a slasher movie right there (laughs) anyway uh, great movie next up is I think that this was a roulette actually that you threw my way several years ago now uh, called Intruders from 2015 I'm pretty sure this was a roulette this is where a group of guys break into this girl's uh, house. Rory Culkin's in this. Um, the The twist here is that uh, she, she's got agoraphobia, which is you, she's afraid to leave the house. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah um, that rings a bell. And so the house has got basically uh, kind of sort of booby traps in it so that the intruders are stuck in this house, and bad things await them. And it is really, really, really good. Uh, good acting, good produ- production values. Uh, it, everything about it just, like, it works as a turning the home invasion 
subgenre on its head. I really dug that, and I liked the twist in that. So yeah, I, good that, movie. That sounds more appealing to me than the uh, uh, than about any other kind of home invasion movie. You know what I mean? That, and I think that was kind of my problem with your next. It was just like. I see what's going on here, and I called the twist, and it was like, oh, yeah, yep, okay. Yeah. But, yeah, Intruders gets a big thumbs up, and that's, I mean, it's not often that I rewatch our roulettes, but that's that's one of them where, it, actually, it hasn't been on Netflix for a while, and then it just so happened to pop up on Amazon Prime. I'm like, oh, that's that movie, and I really, really liked that one. I need to, need to give that one a rewatch, and it held up quite well on second viewing. That's the only movie so, that guy has made. Adam Which is surprising because it's really well made. Adam Schindler. Hmm. Yeah, that's 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 where you went. You went from Gestapo's last orgy to ending with a movie directed by Adam Schindler. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I think we've come full circle. Or we have. you have anyway. I just was along to I tried. watch it happen. <laughs> I tried. Um, anyway, well, I'll, there you go. I'll check it out sometime. Are you gonna get that on Blu-ray ever or? I don't believe that that's even available on Blu-ray, or if it is, it's not available here in the States. But it's you should check that one out. I think that you would quite like it, especially with the... I mean, I, I say it's a twist, but it's pretty much... That's what the movie sets itself up to be pretty quickly early on in the movie, that she's got issues, and here's the... you know Then from there, it's... Well, it's the right there in the synopsis on IMDb. That's the first thing it yeah. says. They break into an agoraphobic person's home. Yeah. And I also wanted to, real before we end the show, I wanted to just real quick touch on, because this kind of sort of is home invasion, but only the last 20, 25 minutes, uh, and that is 1973's Torso from Sergio Martino. Uh, this is one of my all-time favorite giallos, uh, which this predates uh, John Carpenter's Halloween by a good five years. And this, uh, while it is firmly a, a giallo, it does very much have a slasher bent to it, uh, much more so than Dario Argento's stuff uh, leading up to, like, I guess Deep Red, but Deep Red came after this. Deep Red had a bit more of a slasher feel, but Torso is, I think that's, to me, is one of the earlier slasher movies, and it is Italian gold for for this era. Uh, the first hour or so is you know, your standard issue who done it but it's the last 20 to 25 minutes of this movie that make the movie uh because basically there was this they're in this they end up there's these pretty italian girls that end up in this mansion and the killer is in the mansion with them and it kind of turns into a home invasion movie but it's also a bit like um it's a bit like high tension in that that there's victims and then there's the killer and then there's the girl that's trying to hide from the killer and it's kind of a cat and mouse thing and it is so intense and it's most of it is actually I think all of it is done during the day and for some reason it just it's, they're, this mansion is secluded on this big mountaintop where there's a big town be, below them but she's trapped in there and it is so damn tense and just I like when a movie can be scary during the day and this movie here works in that you're like how the hell is this girl going to get out of this situation during the day? Like, how is she going to get out of this? Yeah. But really, there's a there's one scene where she's. I don't want to spoil too much of it, but she's in a, she's in a room. She's trying to get out of the room, and she's trying to get the key from the other side of the door. And I'm like, every time I watch the movie, I'm like, oh, holy shit! How are you going to do this? This is oh, it's great. <laughs> uh, and of course, it's got tons of nudity, and every single guy in the movie is a complete sleaze bag, which. <laughs> 
you truly don't know who's the killer because every single guy, I'm like, oh, every single guy is a womanizing scumbag. So it could be any of them. <laughs> uh, and I, I only watch this movie every couple of years. And so I kind of forget every time I watch it, I'm like, no, wait a minute. Which scumbag is the killer here? Is it that creepy uh, looking older dude that's trying to look up the girl's skirts? Or is it this greasy, slimy guy with the scarf on? Or, or is it all of them? <laughs> uh, you have to watch it and find out. Or Clint Eastwood, who rolls into town and will shoot some dudes and exactly. then just throw you in the hay and then, yeah. Have his way with you. Yep. Claim you as his own. There you go. <laughs> Torso, huge thumbs up. That is one that eventually I would like you to watch for you to have an opinion on just because it is. Oh, didn't I watch that last year? The... I think I watched it oh, maybe? last year. Oh, did you? Last year. Oh. I don't remember much about it, but I remember <laughs> thinking it was. No, no, I remember thinking it was okay. I didn't. I don't remember hating it. No. But, That's my jam right there. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, some of the, especially because I do the binge in October. I know. I, especially I know. when it's a slasher movie, I have to watch it a couple of times before it really sticks. Much like uh, yeah. whatever we did at episode 200, you know? No, 10 of Yeah, right. now yeah. I will remember that movie. Before it was like nothing. Another Black Love Killer. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay, let's do Coming Soon and wrap this up. Coming soon for me, I made a rather awesome purchase at a Goodwill that was selling uh, DVDs, buy one, get one. And I had, came across the box set of Friday the 13th on DVD for five bucks. And I said, hey, uh, if I buy this box setty thing for five bucks, does that mean I get a DVD another box set for five bucks? And they're like, sure. I was like, all right, for free. So I got, uh, yeah, all the Friday the 13th movies and a really nice box set of the Pink Panther movies. Oh, cool. Which there are like six or seven. Um, yeah, really sweet. Here, hold on a sec. Look at this shit. It's got this... I can't... It's got a crazy slip cover. And then this thing's like a suitcase. Holy shit, that's awesome. Yeah. So, buy one, get one. That was $5. And then I bought... And that, that, that does include the, uh, the new Friday the 13th reboot, correct? No, it doesn't, but I bought that set. They also had that there for three bucks. So I bought that, and then I got another DVD for free. I got Serpico. I was like, oh. I was looking and looking and looking for another DVD, and everything was shit or stuff I already had. And then I saw Serpico. I was like, well, I don't own Serpico, and I should, because that's a every it's... five or ten year movie. And uh, so, yeah, now I own Serpico. Cool. Uh, other than that, I have a plethora of VHS. I actually found a couple anime VHS today, so I'm going to be watching those. I have no idea what they are. It's just uh, Tenchi. Whatever the hell that is, I'm going to watch that. And... Oh, just a shitload of VHS. <laughs> but hey, I'm having fun watching it, so whatever. <laughs> uh, what about you? What do you got coming up? Uh, well, you had mentioned James Bond at the beginning, and I am about halfway through Casino Royale, so I'm going to finish up that. And basically, I'm going to go through all the Daniel Craigs again. My wife is, now that we're fully unpacked, I can tell she's wanting to spend a little bit more time with me in the evening, uh, because she had been, you know, just dealing with other stuff, uh, just exhausted by the time it was movie time. And I'm like, well, I'm not done yet because the kids are in bed. That means I have to watch something at least. Yeah. So now that she's got a little bit more time, we're going to go through the Daniel Craig movies. And I'm actually really, uh, of all of them, I think I'm looking forward to Quantum of Solace the most just because it's got the shortest runtime and it's got lots of action. And it's like, no one really likes it that much. And I'm like, every time I watch it, I'm like, why don't you like this? This is a damn good Bond movie, especially compared to like Spectre. Yeah. Which I'm not looking forward to rewatching, but I will. Yeah. 
I, I so, was going to say, Spectre is the least of the bunch. After I went through them all again here a couple years ago, I was like, wow, Spectre, not holding up for me. Did not yeah. like that one. And Quantum yep. Solace, I understand why some people don't like it. It is um, kind of... The way that it's shot is there's a lot of shaky cam. There's a lot of bad camera motion, like as far as things on screen. Where I talk about this all the time, where things need to be going the same direction on screen from left to right uh, or right yeah. to left. And especially in that opening car chase, you don't know what the fuck's going on. Um, but I, those aren't deal killers for me because I enjoy the story of it. And mm. I, I dig Quantum. It's not my yeah. favorite of those, but um, the Skyfall is the best of those, in my opinion. Uh, I would... Probably agree. I want to again. I want to rewatch them, but it's fun. Well, I don't want to get into the review of yeah. Casino Royale yet because I have I have opinions on that already. So, but I'll be watching those, and then um, I'm going to rewatch a movie called uh, The Children, uh, and I believe that you watched it. It's a it's this family goes to this house, and there's something in the air that makes the kids start to become killers. Uh, it's in the middle of winter, and I remember really liking it. I haven't watched it in years, so I want to rewatch that one. Um, and of course from there, God only knows what I'm going to end up watching during the evenings. I, you know me, I, I'll get into some slump. Oh, things. I'll be watching things. There you go. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Yes. Okay. And that's it for now. All right. That sounds good. I will hopefully see you next week, sir. And that's going to do it for this episode. All right. See ya. Bye. for listening. Hey, if you want to get a hold of the Movie Freaks, you can get a hold of us facebook.com backslash moviefreakspod on Twitter at moviefreakspod. Drop us an email, moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. Intro music was public domain by www.rutgermuller.nl.